this episode of the Randy Pants Show. Comedian Bill Dixon calls in. Randy and Nick go on location to the Delaware Art Museum. And Nick interviews photographer Dave Norman. And now for some artsy fartsy fun. Hey, and welcome to the Randy Pants Show. I'm Randy Lawson. That's Randy with an I. That's how a lady spells it. And I'm here with my co-host, Nick McNevich. Hey, Nick. Hey, Randy. How you doing? Good. It's good to be back. It's been a while since our last episode. Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, I've been busy. You've been busy. Our schedules have been kind of conflicting. And the studio, Sign Studios in Philadelphia, where we record this podcast, has been pretty busy, too. Do you know in the very room where we were recording this podcast just last week, Boys to Men was recording their new album here. Boys to Men. Mm-hmm. Motown, Motown Philly back, back again. <laughs> exactly. Uh, they still got it. <laughs> They're awesome, man. Always I just saw, so I saw them actually. I went to see Billy Joel last weekend, mm-hmm. and they did a surprise cameo and sang for the longest time with him. That's awesome. Their vocals are amazing. It was a surprise. It like wasn't on the bill. They just came out. Yeah. The crowd go crazy. The crowd went nuts. That's awesome. And they could be, did they use the very microphones we're using? Same mic stands. <laughs> These very <laughs> microphone stands. I'll take it. So, but anyway, but you know, we forgive them for delaying the podcast. Everyone still support Boys to Men, mm-hmm. even though they may be part of the reason why it's been a little while since there's been a Randy Pan show. <laughs> that's all. That's a great reason. Though. Yeah. And a lot's happened since we lasted the show. I hung out in your hood for the first time. Yeah, what did you think? It was awesome. <clears throat> yeah. Wilmington is a, a little gem, a little mm-hmm. nook that I think most people wouldn't realize. Well, or maybe area, you just showed me a good I time. You, yeah, <laughs> it was a gem. There's good, there's good and bad. But yeah, it's a really cool town that I feel like is underappreciated. We'll get into that in a little bit. We went to the Delaware Art Museum, which was cool. And we, were on, we recorded our show on location at the yeah. Delaware Art Museum. So we'll have to circle back to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got a nice little interview for you guys. Nick has a, a lovely home. <laughs> I share it with a roommate. It's not mine, but yeah. Yeah, it's but a cool it's a, you know, I never doubted you, but it looks like a grown-up's home. <laughs> None <laughs> I thought you had like tapestry one. and like a beanbag chair <laughs> yeah. or whatever, a lava lamp. That's a cool spot. It's a really cool spot. Yeah, so we, and we walked around the waterfront. We got some food. We sat out. Uh, we went to Iron Hill Brewery for yeah. a couple of drinks um, and dinner which I thought was a good vibe out there. There's a deck, second floor deck that overlooks the river, mm-hmm. you know, downtown Wilmington. So it was cool. It was a nice night, good weather. We had a good yeah, time. That was fun. Wilmington! <laughs> <laughs> I turned another year older. Mm, that's we right. We to talk about that. <clears throat> you had your, your birthday jam? Yeah, I had a birthday jam. Got a lot of birthday love on the internet, which was really cool. Um, you know, like, Receiving that much, um, I don't know, really, if you think of compliments as presents, I don't know, mm-hmm. that sounds so silly, but I know the people on Twitter a lot of times, and Facebook too, but I'm talking about Twitter for the most part, you know, like you see like people tweeting about it being someone's birthday and you're like, oh, that's cool. But when it's your birthday and you get, I don't know, just a lot of really just people saying nice shit. I mean, it's, <laughs> it felt awesome. So well, what's thank the, you. What's the key to any good gift? The thought, right? Right. So a compliment is a thought. Or people, it's not even a compliment's the right word, but people taking the time to write a nice birthday message. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It's just yeah, awesome. How do you feel 34? Are we saying that on the show? Yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do I feel 34? I don't yeah. know. I'm, I'm, it's, it's such a, just the way it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My mom had my mom's surprise 60th party, which was cool. So how'd that go? It was good. Had a great time. Lots of family, lots of fun. Did she suspect it all? Yeah. I knew, I knew she does. She's so sneaky. <laughs> she always is like suspicious. You know, usually she'll get her hair colored and cut, usually not on the same day because once she goes to my sister for one and my aunt for the other. So they don't live anywhere near each other, really. So and just the way schedules work. That morning, the morning of her party, the party was at like seven o'clock, 7 p.m. The morning of her party, I asked her what she was doing. I was going to try and, you know, distract her and divert her attention. I was, I was going to be like, you want to go to the farmer's market? Like we've been going, you know, we usually go once a week, once every two weeks. We'll, we'll go out for groceries or just whatever together just to hang out. So that morning I was like, what are you doing? You want to go to the farmer's market? She's nah, I can't. I was like, why? What are you doing? She said, I'm getting my, I'm getting a pedicure. I was like, oh, that's cool. Uh, well, what about after? She's like, I can't. Um, I have my hair cut and then my hair collar. I'm like, you never get this stuff done on the same day. You know what's going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I knew. She knew. She knew. That sneaky son of a gun. Someone once threw a surprise party for me. And this might be, I might be coming out about this because this is a friend of mine who, she better listen to the show. I was going to say she listens. She better listen. I found out from four different, I found out four different ways before the party started. What? So I couldn't have not known about it. That's horrible. Yeah. Well, no. It's it wasn't that it's bad. But, horrible. This is the worst. <laughs> but yeah, four different occasions leading up to the party, either I, it was meant, it was made obvious to me accidentally by really? someone. Yeah. Yeah. I only vividly yeah, remember two though. That's the thing. I remember, well, this was my 24th birthday, actually a decade ago birthday. Uh-huh. Okay. Mike, our producer, uh, engineer was in attendance at this birthday over a decade ago. Do you remember this one? I'm sure I was the one who spoiled it. <laughs> no, I don't think it was you. <laughs> Um, I remember two of the four. I'd have to really think about it. I should have thought about this, but how would I have known to, th- to think about it? Just anyway. Just came up in conversation. At work, I logged on to another designer in the department's computer, and like up on her screen was like an evite. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. And that, that, see, that one's hard. That's kind of tough. Right. <clears throat> you know, she doesn't know you're going to go on her computer, right? Right. Yeah. I also remember seeing a car of one of we were living in dc and i saw what looked like one of my friend's cars and i was like oh that looks like sherry's car Mm -hmm. and then we got closer i was like it's a maryland license plate and i was like what's she doing here (laughs) (laughs) yep and that was like i think i remember that one well obviously i knew because seeing the invitation (laughs) on my coworkers' (laughs) desktop really gave it away yeah but what were the two other things so you knew when it was going to be where it was going to be yeah i knew everything yeah I didn't want to. I didn't want to know. Yeah. No, I, I get It was a that. great party, though. Yeah. So I felt special on my 24th birthday because someone took the time to throw a surprise party for me. <laughs> and then a decade later, my 34th, the internet gave me a big hug. A virtual hug, too, which is great because I really don't like to be touched in real life. <laughs> surprise hugs. Yeah. Uh, I've never had a surprise party, but maybe one day. We'll see. It's going to be a really fun episode. We have a lot of great stuff lined up. Yeah. I'm glad to be back in here recording with you guys. Me too. Thanks for uh, thanks for tuning in to the Randy Pan Show. Mm-hmm. Enjoy this episode. And away we go. Oh, <laughs> 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 <laughs>
start. Two, one, booster ignition, and liftoff. Returning to the space station, paving the way for future missions. We are experiencing a high volume of calls. We anticipate a wait of up to one hour. One hour. Bill Dixon, welcome to the Randy Pants Show. Thank you so much for being here. No, thank you for having me. I should mention we're here with uh, Nick as well. Mm-hmm. Hey, Bill. How you doing? Glad to have you on, man. Hey, thanks Nick. For, thanks for taking the time. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for following me on Twitter today. I always get excited when I, uh, people follow me. <laughs> you know, like five things in a row. That's very exciting. <laughs> I like your TO. Everyone should go follow at Bill Dixon-ish on Twitter. Yeah, Bill is hilarious. That's how I met Bill. I say met <laughs> in quotes. Yeah. But I think he's like, definitely one of the funniest people on Twitter. I don't I don't agree with that. You guys are really good. Like when I see your guys stuff, I'm very disappointed in my writing. <laughs> oh, no. I was thinking I see I some people on Twitter and I'm so blown away by the amount of talent. Like ha- the Halfway Home, do you guys follow him? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so goddamn funny. You, you guys, too. Holy shit. I'm just like, I cannot generate at that rate. Wow. Thank you. But it, it kind of is like you do comedy writing and stand-up, and that's what you actually do. So Twitter's all yeah. we have, so we better be good at it. <laughs> I like Twitter's half. They're like, yeah, it's probably about half. <laughs> stand-up's probably not the other half of Twitter. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I just don't. It's like my sounding board. Yeah. Like, I just kind of throw stuff out there. But I feel like you guys operate on a level that I don't. I just don't understand. Do you have, like, just, like, a, 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 like a file of just, like, a thousand great ideas? You're like, I'll tweet that someday. Well, see. I never draft. Randy is more calculated, I think, with her jokes, even though... Right. Even though you don't draft, I don't mm-hmm. draft either. I just go off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. So what about? I mean, what about you? You say you use it as a sounding board. Um, are you? you know, are you? Are you looking for feedback on those, or are you just getting stuff out there? No, I'm seeing what kind of works, and I delete probably eighty percent of my tweets. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, dude. that's right. I do it also. <laughs> I feel better that you guys do it too. <laughs> is that allowed? I don't know. In the Twitter world, is that an okay thing to do? To just put a bunch of stuff up and then immediately delete it if it doesn't. <laughs> I'm yeah. looking for, if I don't get that immediate uh, gratification, like that immediate feedback, I'm like, ah, I messed up. Something's wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm the same exact way. Yep. I'm the same exact way. Because I know when the tweet's good, it does what, it gets a high score on Twitter. And if it bombs, then it's a, yeah. a joke that bombs. You, you know, don't want a stinker out there. That's You can use that as a, a good thing. That's You put a joke out there and you, you get 60 seconds it's going to tell you whether it's good or not. Right, and it's true. I don't know, Bill, if you, I do not put myself in your category, but since I've been doing stand-up, I find, like, the jokes for me that do well on Twitter do well on stage, too. Like, they're popular because people relate to them, and they touch a chord, and it works digitally, and it works on stage. See, I, I don't agree with that. That's for me, I, I think it might have to do with my voice or just my style of, of joke-telling. But I find it very difficult to convert 
tweet into anything meaningful on state. I mean, Twitter's great because it helps with, like, word utility and kind of narrowing down an idea mm-hmm. into, like, uh, a very manageable premise. But beyond that, like, stuff, I, I mean, and I've tried. Holy shit, have I tried. But <laughs> to take, like, great tweets and then put them on, or vice versa. Like, I'll do something on stage, oh, it's really funny. Maybe I can, like, uh, boil this down into its raw components and tweet it. And it, it just doesn't work for some reason. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Like, I, I see comedians who go up on stage with their phone and try to just read tweets. Oh, I don't, I don't know if I approve of that. <laughs> no, that is horrifying. It's <laughs> a horrifying experience to watch. But I don't know. So, you, so, that, so that works for you. Do you just do all your tweets, Sammy? Do you just go up there and just, like, one-liners, just, like, hammer them out? Well, what I started doing was I did Twitter first. And then because of Twitter, I, I, well, I've always loved joke writing, but I never was interested in stand-up until I started kind of growing on Twitter and realizing that this is something I could possibly do. So when I first started doing it, I pretty much took my popular tweets and wove them into a narrative. But now I find myself having ideas for stand-up jokes and putting them on Twitter to see, like I said, as a, a testing ground to see if they do well. And the ones that I feel like will go really well in my act, if they do well on Twitter, I'm like, well, perfect. So it's kind of been a, an evolution. Right. But yeah, when I first started, but I never got up there and just read tweets. Like I took the ones that were the most personal tweets and made them feel, and I didn't use the strict 140 character. I like evolved them, you know, wove them together to actually, because I love stand-up and I wanted to emulate some of the stand-ups that I love. And I didn't want to get up there and just, as much as I love like Stephen Wright or Mitch Hedberg, not that they were reading tweets, but you know, like that's not, I didn't see that as my personal style. Right. But you, right, yeah. you are a hilarious stand-up. I've unfortunately never seen you do stand-up in person, but I've seen you do it on YouTube and, or on the internet. How long have you been doing stand-up? I started stand-up about five and a half, six years ago in Chicago, which was very... Uh, I dabbled for about three, four years, and like seriously doing stand-up for about three years. So will you... Started in Chicago, but I must mention, we are in the beautiful Rittenhouse Historic District of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And like so oh, many town. great, yeah, so many great Philadelphians, you and the Fresh Prince are both from here. Am I right? Yes, that is correct. I grew up in actually Westchester area. That counts though, right? Yeah. Definitely. A hundred percent. That counts. People on the West Coast barely, like, I can't say Western. I say, ah, Philadelphia area. They're like, where's that? I'm like, it's the East Coast, uh, near New York. And they're like, ah, <laughs> People weird. in Los Angeles are so L.A.-centric. Uh-huh. They don't understand any other city besides New York. It's horrifying. They're monsters. They're, they are <laughs> well, monsters. You can, I mean, we love Philly. Nick's actually from Delaware, mm-hmm. which does not count, Nick. <laughs> you know what? Leave me alone. <laughs> But yeah, it's awesome that you you got some hometown pride for Philly. We love that. When was the last time you got I back do. here? Oh my God. Oh my God, so long. It's been years. Probably uh, four years, maybe. Oh, yeah. Wow. Since I've been home. I just, I can't do it. Here's the thing, guys. I have a, a horrifying family. My family <laughs> is just like falling apart. And if I come home, I have to, it's just work. Yeah. It's just another job I have to go back to and cope with all of that. And uh, every time I think about doing it and start looking at plane tickets, there's some fucking catastrophic family event that starts unfolding. I'm like, do I really want to 
enter that situation right now. So yeah. that's, you know, putting it off for the past four years. But I really, I, I have so many friends out there and so much family, and I really have to do it. It's just hard. You, I mean, are you, how close are you guys to your families there? I mean, do you live near them? Yeah, I live very close to mine. I'm probably like 15 minutes. Nick from has my, like 18 siblings. Yeah. How many siblings do you have? Nine. Nine. Um, you have nine siblings? Yeah. <laughs> you cannot call your family ever again. They wouldn't even know. They don't even <laughs> How do they track. keep track? Yeah, right? <laughs> Birthdays and Christmas are tough, let me tell you. I was going to say, my, my family's in Baltimore. That's where I'm from, actually. So we have a little bit of distance. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a good amount of distance. Yeah. That's the kind of distance where if they need a babysitter, you can't show up. Mm-hmm. But, if somebody, <laughs> but if something terrible happened and you need to get in the car, it's like, what is that, three hours, two and a half hours? Yeah. Oh, well it's, said. It's perfect, yeah. Well said. Now, Bill, do you use any of that? What do you talk about in your stand-up? Do you use any of that family kind of turmoil in, in your stand-up or no? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I try to uh, not – I don't want to turn into a, a, a comic who just talks about their horrifying family and stuff. So I, I try to, like, parse it out throughout a set if I can. But, uh, yeah, I definitely definitely talk about it. What are you working on now? Like, what are you working on these days? Are you doing stand-up? What else are you doing? Uh, stand up. I'm working on a TV show called How to Be a Grown Up. Okay. What I can tell you about it is it's called How to Be a Grown Up, and <laughs> it'll be on TV this fall. What? That's awesome. True TV, home of one of our favorite shows on the Randy Pants Show, and Practical Jokers. Nice. Yeah, that's. Uh, what are you doing in the show? Are you writing? Are you acting? I'm doing a little bit of both. Oh wow. Um. Yeah. So that's what you got to do. You just get yourself a writing job and put yourself in it. Yeah. Is this an ensemble cast? Yes. It's like a, um, again, I can't say too much about it, but mm. it's, it's the conceit of the show. It's kind of like teaching millennials how to be a grown-up and like how to, how, to, how, to, how to get stuff done through the viewpoint of lots of really great comedians, none of which I can tell you um, <laughs> will be on the show. That's, that sounds really cool, but, though. Yeah, that sounds it's, awesome. It's, 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 it'll be fun. That's the fucking dream, Bill. That's awesome. Like you pursued comedy, and you went out there and you you got it. So, how did the show come about? Uh, that came about. Um, it's, it's, this is a boring story. I, I worked for a production company, and um, I worked on the pilot for the Will Wheaton project, which is on Sci-Fi with the producer. And then he went to go work on this other show, so I followed him along. And we shot a sizzle, then it got picked up for 16 episodes. So 16 episodes. That's, got here. that's a great commitment. Yeah. That's awesome that True TV is investing in comedy because it's a network that I think maybe didn't start out going down that route, but they've been doing some really, they, whoever's doing programming and producing everything over there is really seeing talent in comedy and bringing it out. And it, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. Their they, their whole slate uh, this season is very. They picked up another sketch show, so it's very cool what they're what they're doing over there. And hopefully, we can uh, contribute our share and not embarrass the rest of the people who are putting on great shows over there. So we'll see how it goes. Are you ready to be a TV star? Are you ready to be? Am I what? Are you ready to be a TV star? 
Are you ready to be <laughs> to, to be recognized, as we say? Which is like being recognized for being like a fucking rock star. <laughs> You're going to be in the grocery store, Whole Foods or, or Gelson's, whatever you got out there. And people are going to be like, it's grown up Bill. Or, and... You'll Bill, be recognized. Bill's a good-looking dude. So once ladies get their eyes on this, I'm glad Nick funny, said it first. <laughs> good-looking guy, uh, it's uh, it's over. You forget it. You're gonna be you're gonna be glitz and glam in no time. I have a favor to ask. Can we just make this phone call once a morning, and you just tell me all this stuff? <laughs> <laughs> just give me this. You're uh, <laughs> a rock star. You're handsome. I need like five minutes of this. <laughs> you got it. Well, this is this is recorded. As long so as I'll just you remember you... us, once you're a rock star, if you remember us, then we will affirm you every day. No, no, you guys are like Twitter rock stars. My <laughs> Which question is, is terrible this, you ever get recognized on the streets or in comedy clubs from your Twitter? Oh, that'll be great. Well, it hasn't happened. It's funny because I found that people in Philadelphia, for the most part are not into Twitter. At least the people who are into the comedy scene in Philly aren't into Twitter. I mean, there's, I definitely follow some, you know, like Philly organizations and stuff. People in Philly use Twitter to promote stuff, but the comedians really don't seem into it. And I go to these open mics or I go to shows and I meet comedians and they're like, what's the best way to keep in touch? And I say Twitter and they pull up my feed and like, I swear to God, how many times people have said, are you in porn? Why do you have, tw- why do you have so many Twitter followers? <laughs> like, cause they don't, they don't get that like, you can grow a following as a comedian on Twitter and then no judgment on anyone, whatever their goals are. I'm trying to do more than just that with my comedy, but I feel like I would love to be recognized, but Philly, I don't know if it's going to happen. It's so funny, but I mean, you know, you tell people, you know, just use it, just use Twitter, to do, but that's like, kind of like telling somebody, listen, just, just go to the gym every day and you'll get in shape. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, but I, that's, work every yeah. day <laughs> yeah. for a long fucking time. Like, a long time. And you adopted it early enough so that, like, I have friends now who are like, that's it. I'm getting into Twitter. I'm going to do the Twitter thing. And they've been at it for, like, a year, and they're like, when the fuck do people start giving a shit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's definitely tough. I feel like it's this little underground world sort of thing. And it's fun. I think there's a lot of really funny... I mean, there's some unbelievably funny people on there. And I'm like, I'll talk to, you know, some people. And I'm like, where, what, what, what are you writing for? And they're like, I don't I live in Youngstown, Ohio. I, I'm, I'm an assistant manager at Forever 21. I'm like, what? Right, right. You should be a comedy writer. They're like, I don't know how to start that. I'm like, thank fucking God. <laughs> I'm And like, I'm so glad they haven't figured it out because they could do way better. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing wrong with living in Youngstown, Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> nothing wrong with Forever 21. That's where I get most of my duds. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. Yeah, but you know, it's so interesting because I think there's so much talent on Twitter, but there's people like you, and I kind of feel like the thing that a lot of people are looking to do on Twitter is to do comedy for real, though. And you are doing, you are, you know, obviously stand-up is going really well for you. You say you promote your shows on Twitter. Everyone follow Bill Dixonish at Bill Dixonish on Twitter. And I see, I mean, you're constantly performing on great shows and you're in lineups amongst some of the definitely top names in comedy right now. So you're killing it on that end. You have a TV show. So you don't, let's say you don't need to do Twitter because no one needs to do Twitter, but you know. Yeah, but it's like, it feels like this, this group of people that, I mean, it's, 
it's a, it's like a micro community within the greater comedy community. It feels like this. There's there's all kinds of these little pockets, especially like in Los Angeles. You'll have like, you know, the comedy store. Like I, if I'm standing outside of the comedy store, I go, I don't give a shit if these people accept accept me into this little community. Then you walk into the front door. It's like, well, Tommy thinks there's like all of a sudden you are you are consumed by this culture of like, well, I need to be the best at the comedy store. I need to work harder to to get you know daily spots and. Twitter feels the same way for me. I go on there and I see a bunch of funny people and I don't give a shit about it when I'm not on it. But when I see huh. something like 10,000 retweets, I'm like, that's really funny. I, gotta, I, have to, I have to try harder here. I have to, these people need to think I'm special. <laughs> that's and, so true. Uh, yeah. That might be my own just neurosis, but um, yeah, I, I just, I, I really want to be great at it. But yeah. I think I'm, you know, I think I'm just okay and, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that. But I think that's a common thought for people that are that use Twitter the way that that you do and I do and, and Randy does. You know, we we pretend like we don't give a shit about right. it. We really fuck. We really well, give a I shit about. Well, I do too. And we talk about deleting tweets. I delete tweets because I want my strongest tweets to remain. And it it sounds silly, but the truth is, it has factored into real life. I say profits, not financially, but through Twitter, I've made a ton of friends who are in comedy who have helped me craft my skills. I've had friends, became friends on Twitter, and when they pass through Philly, um, we meet up, we hang out. Um, I've gotten to feature for people at professional comedy clubs because they met me through Twitter. So in that way, it's been, besides the joke telling and just like the the fun of, of almost playing it like a joke telling game app, you know, like it equals real life awesomeness. So, I mean, we're talking to you right now. It does. Exactly. Yes. How else will we be talking to Bill Dixon? That's it's great. It's great. And I wouldn't know you either, Nick. That's right, Bill. You now we're all a family. <laughs> great. <laughs> Nick doesn't need any more. He's got, yeah, I've got enough. Bill, like eighteen right? cousins. <laughs> <laughs> what do you What do you have coming up, Bill? I mean, I know you're work, You're you're obviously doing stand up. You're you're a regular at a few places, right? Uh, yeah. I don't know regular. I don't. I'm not. I don't have like a home club or anything. Okay. But um. Yeah, I perform a great deal in uh, the greater Los Angeles area, and I think me and some friends are talking about doing a tour this fall, but I don't know if fall's a great time to do a stand-up tour, but um, unfortunately, when you're in TV production, a lot of your life is kind of uh, consumed by that, so it just makes life a little difficult, especially like... Yeah, working 10 hours a day, 12 hours a day, and then going to do stand-up shows and then waking up the next morning and, and you know, just doing it all over again, to, it's a bit overwhelming. Sure. So trying to be less ambitious with um, <laughs> this month, but... Um, Message from Bill Dixon, be less ambitious. Yes, be less <laughs> ambitious. Your dreams, listen... You're having a great time in Youngstown, Ohio. You are a <laughs> manager at a forever. You're going to be manager in the next five to seven years. You hang in there. Retail, retail, retail. It's the place to be in <laughs> But you got something coming up at the end of August, uh, Bill's yes. birthday charity? Oh, yes. I, August 30th mm-hmm. at I.O. West in uh, Hollywood. I have a show called The Vacation Show. It's my birthday show, and we're actually doing it. We're donating all the money to a charity called A Place Called Home. So if you are in the greater Los Angeles area and you want to just do a good thing, come out to the show. You'll see some great people. We have um, 
I, I, we definitely have Eliza Schlesinger, uh, 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 Dave Ross, Alan Strickland Williams, uh, maybe some other really uh, amazing headliners who we are talking to right now. But it's a great thing. And a place called Home is an organization that uh, helps kids in South Central Los Angeles with tutoring and mentoring. And it's a, it's a great thing. Oh, that sounds so, awesome. Yeah. So whoever is in there, you guys should fly out. <laughs> I'm there. I'm out. <laughs> Tickets are ten dollars. I'm already on my way. House. We can keep up with Bill. BillDixonish.com. Right. Um, we should mention to be. Bill before we before we start plugging that uh, Bill, do you still work for Sci-Fi or you, you did work for Sci-Fi? No, I did. You did. Um, this is a perfect time to bring up that if you. Uh, watch Sharknado in slow motion, you'll see me in the background. <laughs> Speaking of the Sci-Fi Network, mm-hmm. Nick, I'm sorry, did not make the cut. The power could okay. actually multiply. We could be talking about an EF5 Sharknado on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. Matt, that's sufficient power enough to damage steel reinforced skyscrapers. Did you, did you write for that, or what happened with that? No, actually, so by day, um, I do graphic design, and I do humorous graphic design. Um, like, the kind of junk you buy at like spencer's urban outfitters like funny drinking games t-shirts barware all that stuff so that's, that's what I've been, I've been doing that for over a decade and it is like there's a lot of that's joke so there's, funny. there's a lot of joke writing in that but i also illustrate uh with that and that's kind of how i got into twitter because once like i understood what twitter was and it wasn't just for professional comedians and every people could write jokes i was like holy shit like i fucking love writing jokes that's what i do and that's my favorite thing to do that's i enjoy that part of it more than that the drawing crazy. part so, that is so crazy. That's a romantic comedy job. That's like not a job <laughs> you're that, right. that people have. That's, that's like a job that like some the the female lead uh, against like Adam Sandler would have. That's but so yeah, funny. That's so true. And he works at a fucking aquarium. And he's <laughs> that's that's amazing. hilarious. Yeah. So I I design products for Sharknado. So oh my god! That's, that's how I ended up getting hooked up with Sharknado, and I brought Nick along. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that a sentence has been uttered. That's how I got hooked up with Sharknado. <laughs> like, that is... Yeah. That's the thing you don't... That'd be like a thing like you hear on the subway. You're like, what? I need to hear the rest of that story. But yeah, now you need to hear it. <laughs> oh, God, that's so funny. So what's that? That's amazing. That's that's like a dream come true for, like, quirky internetness. Yeah, it, it kind of is. It's a perfect perfect storm as they say. Well, before we wrap up, um, there's a question that uh, I like to ask all of the guests on the show because I love TV so much. I'd like to know what your favorite TV show is, and you can't say your own. I- I've always oh. wanted to say that to a guest. You can't say your show. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> uh, I'll say The Will Wheaton Project because I don't, I don't write on that anymore. No, uh, my favorite <laughs> TV show, I of, of all time or that's currently on? Um, all time is really what I'm looking for, but I'll take both. If you got it. All time West Wing. I just <laughs> love the West Wing more than anything in the world. I find it so... It's funny, because I, when I watched the West Wing when I was in my early 20s, I was like, yeah, this can be done. But now I watch it at 30, and I'm like, oh, this is so quixotic and impossible and these lavish dreams of a functioning government. <laughs> that patriotic shit 
hits me in a place that I don't understand. I will watch <laughs> certain episodes. I will find them on YouTube and watch them when I need to cry. I, it will force <laughs> it to cry. And it's such a, an amazing, cathartic experience. It's, it's such a great goddamn show. If you've never seen it before, it's on Netflix, and you should all watch it. Sir, this may be a good time to talk about your sense of humor. I've got an intelligence briefing, a security briefing, and a 90-minute budget meeting all scheduled for the same 45 minutes. You sure this is a good time to talk about my sense of humor? No. Me neither. I'm putting it in my queue tonight. Watch the Will Wheaton I, Project I and West cry. Wing. Yeah. I want to cry. And be yeah, it's another good show. What about you guys? What's your favorite shows? Did you guys go over that already at some point? I'm we sure talked about this? I'm not sure if we did I don't think not. any guest has ever asked us a question, Bill. <laughs> That's insane. Bill what are you guys? Bill Dixon's flipping the script. Oh, yeah, totally. Flip it and reverse it. My all-time favorite show is The Wonder Years. I love coming-of-age stuff. That show was beautifully shot from like a cinematic standpoint. The music was amazing. That time period has always fascinated me. Young love growing up. Um, the writing is clever and special, and I just, I laugh, I cry. I would make beautiful love to Fred Savage now or any day, and it's okay. I'm allowed because he's, he's the number one on my list. And I just fucking adore that show, adore Fred Savage, and Wonder Years is my ride-or-die show. What about you, Nick? Uh, for, for me, it's, it's Seinfeld. <laughs> the writing was... For me, second to none. Um, you know, the physical comedy of Michael Richards was just oh, amazing. Jason Alexander, everybody knows how good Jason Alexander is. Joey Louis Dreyfus, I mean, come on, forget it. It's, it's just, for me, it's the best ever. Nick, I just love how you're selling Seinfeld. Here. <laughs> <laughs> Both the successful sitcom in the history of humanity. Guys, <laughs> Nick's I, really I, controversial. <laughs> it really had a, a great... The writing... Now, if you guys really sit down and watch the most successful sitcom of all time, the writing was actually... <laughs> despite what everyone... I was going to say dinosaurs, but I wanted to go with the you know the popular answer. Is it not the mama? Not that the dinosaurs? Mama. Yeah, that oh, dinosaurs. God. Not the mama! <laughs> you guys really need to check out Citizen Kane. Like, a lot of people will say that it's not that... <laughs> I'm telling you... It is a classic. Yeah. I love long walks on the beach and blowjobs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Duh. Anyway, so we're wrapping up. I guess we get back to that. But, Bill, this has been a treat. You are hilarious. You're a super nice guy who's been just killing it, super in terms of your your comedy. You're, you're blowing up right in front of us, and we're loving all the content you're putting out. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. This is a delight. Thanks, Bill. We'll be watching How to Be a Grown Up this fall on True TV. How to Be a Grown Up on True yes, TV. And people can find you, Bill Dixon ish, on everything. And you have a website you want to throw out? Uh, BillDixonish.com. Branding. Cool. Yep. Bill, you're the jam. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Peace Thanks, Bill. And love.
Bikae, motherfucker. Motherfucker. What you doing, What you doing? What you talking about, So Bruce Willis is not only pulling bank in the USA, but he is the official spokesperson for Daihatsu cars in Japan. He got paid $3 million to promote the Mira ES. And let me tell you, if you Google these commercials of Bruce Willis, he speaks some really nice Japanese. Now, I don't speak Japanese, but he sounds like he's got it down pretty well. Really? Yeah. $3 million? For like three days' work. Jesus. He deserves it, though. Does he? Yeah, he's Bruce Willis. He has his own section on our show, Nick. <laughs> I don't know. I just that's... Well, I, for one, would really like a Daihatsu. Daihatsu? Daihatsu. My dream car right now would be a Bruce Willis-sponsored Daihatsu. Then uh, I could be in a, a Bruce Willis car, le- leading a Bruce Willis kind of life. So I want to lead the Bruce Willis lifestyle. So anyway, if you're in Japan, for all of our Japanese listeners, check out Bruce and buy Daihatsu. Daihatsu. It sounds like there's like... I don't think I was going to correct you on this. This bitch from high school named Sue, and she thinks she's so hot, and you're just like, Die hot, Sue. <laughs> die hot, Sue. Hope you die hot, Sue. Hope you choke on your prom sash or whatever. <laughs> hot, Sue. Die on your palm. Palm. God damn it. So this has been What You Talking About, Willis. Where we learn a fact about Bruce Willis. yippee motherfucker. Konnichiwa, motherfucker. Konnichiwa, bitch. show before we get into all the details you guys need to know that i just won the last man standing part of the hula hoop competition that's going on here okay so now everything can be said now that i've gotten that out okay nick you could <laughs> your, please your continue yeah, yeah okay. non humble brag <laughs> so uh i saw an ad for a hula hoop contest at the delaware art museum mm-hmm. in the out and about magazine which is a local mag in delaware kind of promotes things that are going on in the area and my friend Randy here, host of the Randy Pants show, is, I knew was an avid hooper. I dabble, you yeah. know. So uh, we came down here for a little hoop contest, and Randy won the longest, most endurance. Is that what it was? Last man standing. Last man standing. Last man standing. But a little girl rocked it so hard. She did all the tricks times million. Alexis? Yeah, Alexa. Alexa. Uh-huh. Like Billy Joel's Alexa? Yeah. yeah. So we're standing here with Jess, the marketing manager of marketing. The marketing manager. Hi, Jess. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Good. Welcome to the Randy Pan Show, Jess. Thanks <laughs> Thank for this impromptu interview. <laughs> Thanks for having me. So you, right before I, I turned the mic on, we talked about 
uh, the art scene in, in Delaware. And I have a different view. You said it was popping, right? Yeah, I think there's a lot of things that are going on sort of behind the scenes with art organizations. Um, maybe the public isn't really aware of. Uh, I'm in a lot of meetings um, with other organizations that we partner with um, and have discussions with, and uh, there's a lot of growth that's kind of on the horizon. Maybe it's just not happening yet, but there are a lot of artists here that are doing some pretty fantastic work, and a lot of organizations um, that are putting on some great shows, um, showing great music, great artists, great photography, um, just across the board, um, really creative work. Cool. Now, did, like, did, did you take that personally when I said that at all? Like, because I, I didn't, I, I, I differed was, with you. I thought it was way harsh. Well, I mean, I... It was a little harsh. I'm, you, I, that's fine, I, I totally <laughs> respect that. But maybe I'm uh, naive to the art scene in Wilmington. You know, maybe that's where, you know, I think that's maybe where I'm coming from. I, you weren't like coming from a bad place, you know? No, I, no. maybe my eyes aren't open up to everything. I mean, you're certainly not the first one to say that. Mm -hmm. So um, I think a lot of people don't know what's going on. Um, and I think that that's where Wilmington um, is certainly trying to grow and figure out a way to uh, connect with people that are interested in the arts and let them know what is going on. This is a really beautiful museum. And Nick and I have been walking around before the whole competition started. And it was like walking around going like, need it, want to, got it. Ha gotta have it, yeah. need it, need it, need it, sneak a picture of it, you know, because there's so much beautiful art here that it's just everyone in the area would really, who enjoys art, would be really impressed and enjoy their time here at this uh, museum. And the Delaware Museum is on the Kentmere Parkway mm -hmm. in the Rockford Park area, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it's, a, it's a beautiful area. Some really intriguing work in here. Yeah. Really intriguing. What do you guys have coming up? Uh, well, right now we have an exhibition that's focused on performance art, and this is the first time we've ever featured a major exhibition on performance art, and that's where the hula hoops come in. So there's actually a piece in the exhibition um, that's a bit of a hula hoop video, and the artist um, films different people hula hooping on uh, rooftops in Chinatown in New York. Oh, that's cool. Uh, and it's actually just telling you how to hula hoop and different moves and tips. Uh, so we're like, oh, this is a great way to um, get people here at the museum is to have a concert storing an event. And this is our After Hours Art is After Dark event. Um, we're open from 6 to 10 on select Fridays each month. So it's a way for people to come to the museum, you know, a different time and experience music or performance or just have some fun, uh, including cool hoping. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what, what's your website? Dellart.org. So we have all the information about our events, programs, exhibitions there. Jess, I might add, was, was hooping pretty, oh, pretty yeah. well. I've been practicing at lunchtime. I come down to the gallery. Uh, and, uh, yeah, yeah. You knew this was coming up. Oh, yeah, and I was the test subject for the hula hoops, um, and I broke one or two, uh, so they had to retape them because of oh, me. Oh, my God. So that's part of my job description. Gosh, this looks like a fun place to work. It is. I mean, so a lot of, a lot of the people who work here are participating in this hula hoop contest, and it mm -hmm. seems like this art museum is pretty much staffed by young, attractive women. And oh, I mean that thank in the you. Nicest thank way. you. Like, super stylish, chic young professionals who are awesome hula hoopers. Like I feel like I don't. I work with a bunch of like forty-year-old dudes, and they're awesome. But like, I want to work here. This looks like fun. <laughs> well, we're always looking for volunteers if you want to help us out at an event. Oh, I don't want to volunteer anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we've gone too far. We do have forty-year-old men here too. But yeah, they keep them behind. I'm not trying yeah. to be like. Guys. I'm not trying to be sexist and ageist. <laughs> Yeah, we really do have a young staff, and that's what makes this museum so much fun, because we, yeah. we can, uh, you know, hula hoop during lunchtime and come up with great ideas, yeah. and, you know. There's like a great, great energy. There's a great energy in this museum. It's really fun, really upbeat. Um, how did this hula hoop contest come to be? 
Uh, well, it really started with the hula hoop um, oh, uh, oh my God. piece in the exhibition. That was, um, this is like the worst thing that's ever happened. I'm so, so you sorry. need napkin? We can grab some stuff in the cafe. Okay. I got it. Sorry. Oh, my God. It's so late. Oh. Okay. We're back. So we're back. We had to take a quick break because I think hula hooping, you know, must have thrown off my equilibrium because I spilled red wine all down the front of my blouse and, you know, over the floor of just an art museum. You know, <laughs> nothing that needs to be tidy. So we survived mm-hmm. this incident and we're back. And we're back. I say, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so I was asking Jess about what, what is coming up next at the Delaware Art Museum as far as music and performance. We are showing uh, the movie The Labyrinth. Um, here in our main lobby, and we're also going to have a labyrinth walk. We have a labyrinth outside in our sculpture garden. Oh, that's this is really a lot. Do you plan these events? Since you're, mm-hmm. These are great uh, initiatives. Yeah. Nice work. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, we have some really uh, exciting stuff coming up. Everything's on our website. Awesome. All right, Jess, thanks for taking the time out. Yeah, time absolutely. Thank you. Pleasure. Cool. So where is this going to be? Hey, guys, come on down to Dusty and Dottie's Discount Doodads. When you think about doing dads, think about Dusty and Dottie. Knock the dust off them dads while you do them. You know, dum-a-dum. Ding a ling I know. You know what we got down at Dusty and Dottie Discount Doodads? Unwrapped straws, splendor packets, wing nuts, macadamia nuts, macadamia wings. We got left nuts and right nuts. We got fishing poles. We got tadpoles. We got stripper poles. Farmer ding-dongs. We got flip-flops. We got tube tops. Freddy up booze. We got front hose and back hose. Back hose, my favorite. Uh, you know what we got, Dottie? We got just Taco Bell sauce packets. I got hot, I got mild, I got medium, I got small, I got extra large. I got all the damn packets in the goddamn world. Just come on down and buy them. I need you to buy these things. I got napkins from Panera Bread. Well, that's a goddamn gem. What else do we got down here, Dottie? What, what do we got going on this week for these customers? We got a special. Mm-hmm. We got hot pockets and crotch rockets. Tampon applicators. Mm-hmm. You never know when you just need to applicate. Put a little gherkin in there. Save it for later. What the world about reusing? That's what doodads are. Environmentally friendly. Mm-hmm. Ma'am. We just got a big shipment of flossers. They make your gums bleed nice. Oh, what? We did? Mm-hmm. We got all kinds of doodads. We got fruit roll-ups. We got fruit by the foot. Mm-hmm. We got athlete's foot. We got 82-ounce fountain soda. 82 ounces? That's the It's best. a bucket of soda. That's just the most in the goddamn state. It's a bucket. Come on here and get a bucket of soda. We got chicken thumbs. We got chicken thighs, chicken breasts, chicken thumbs. Guess who? Frank Purdue. Bing dong doos. Scoobop-bebop. Go on down there, Annie. Come on down to Dusty and Dottie's Discount Doodads. When you think about doing dads, think about Dusty and Dottie. Knock the dust off them dads. (laughs) Okay, guys, so I hung out with my buddy Dave Norbit a few weeks ago. Really rad photographer based out of Wilmington, Delaware. Sometimes we shoot the shit, we hang out, we grab a beer, and we carry our cameras around, and whatever happens, happens. So I broke out my iPhone and did a little recording with him for a little while, uh, while we were having a beer. Check Dave out at davidnorbitphotography.blogspot.com. That's Norbit, N-O-R-B-U-T. See what's going on? How's it going, Dave? Pretty good, man. We're here at Bridget Foy's grabbing a beer. I just had a few questions for you as far as photography goes. You're someone that I have... I've looked up to ever since I met you at the first Instagram meetup, which is which was pretty cool. It's it's a nice little community of photographers. Um, what got you into photography as far as 
is your passion for it. How did you find your passion for it? Well, I mean, it's, it started at a pretty young age. I think it was a combination of looking. There was this room, uh, my grandparents' house. There was all this old stuff in, in the closets, you know, and boxes of old pictures everywhere. And my parents, my mom had this tin fire safe, like cigar box or something. With all these old family photos in it. And I always was kind of fascinated by, like, look, just looking at images first, I think. Yeah. Um, even, like, in school. I remember, you know, middle school and grammar school, history class or social studies or whatever it was, looking in the textbooks and just, like, zoning out on these photos, like, from history. Yeah. And I think, like, look, look, just looking at photos first kind of began the obsession the imagery of capturing it, it wasn't really about anything for me but capturing moments in time for people after me yeah. you know what I mean yeah absolutely I, um, I totally so I guess after you know as I got a little bit older on a whim I guess I took photo photo class in high school like freshman year or something and I was hooked I mean, we built a pinhole camera, had a cardboard, put a piece of photo paper in the back and a pinhole in the front, and, and just to like go out and set it up and, and then come back and do the chemistry and see life come onto paper through silver and light, I, I, was, I was hooked. I mean, it, it was insane. To me, it was a way that you could recreate reality. And, and make art at the same time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, I mean, that, that leads me to my next question. In this complete age of digital technology, digital cameras and, and iPhones, what uh, you shoot a lot of film, and you, you also use different uh, processing techniques. What what continues to drive you that way? I, I, it's fairly recent. I mean, I guess when I finished high school, I went to art school, and everything was film, and I learned... 35 millimeter and large format and everything you can learn in the dark room and every way you can learn to shoot that way, all these different processes. And then when I, when I graduated uh, college, it seemed like if I wanted to do anything with myself, with my life as a photographer, it kind of seemed like everybody was shooting digital and I needed to, it was easier and quicker and you can make money that way and shoot weddings and do all these different things. And... So what did I do? I spent all my money on buying some nice digital equipment and, you know, shot, shot digital, shot digital. I still do. Um, and then I got, when the iPhone came out, I did, started playing with that a lot. And, like, all of a sudden, I kind of got sick of it, you know? I, I felt like I was, it was too easy. I was getting way too far away from the magic of what I loved about it to begin with. You know, I bought a Canon AE-1 35mm camera off a friend of mine and uh, went out, came up to Philly and shot a couple rolls of film, shot a couple rolls of color film down at the beach where I always go with my wife and uh, I started getting my film back and I was like, you got to be kidding me. Why did I stop <laughs> shooting like this? Like, it just looks so much better to me. Uh, there's like... A magic to it like a you can see it 
you can see the difference. Even if it's a, a film scan to digital, you can see that it's film. And then, you know, it's just been like downhill after that, you know. Now I want to, you know, I did salt print stuff and that really got me interested in the chemistry of, of alternative processes and doing different things. Um, so I bought a 4x5 camera and now my next journey is to do wet plate uh, tintypes of each member of my family. So that's like my next, it's about to get started. I've got everything kind of in, in line to get going. Um, and I know it's going to take a long time, but I feel like it's really going to be a one-of-a-kind image, freezing time, really catching that person. And, and that's what it's really about for me. So the digital world's great, and it has its purposes, but if you really care about the craft and it really interests you, there's so much that you can do just by starting to explore like that. You have a website, right? Uh, yeah, it's... Uh, www.dnorphoto.com www.dnorphoto dnorphoto.com dnorphoto.com yeah. yep. and that, those links will be on our website um, and we'll be hooking up with David later Dave thanks man appreciate yeah you got it, it man thank time. you appreciate it this bitch this has been a fun episode did you learn something did I learn something I learned huh. all right that's enough cool <laughs> <laughs> that'll be the last time you interview me so if you want to see me perform live you guys should Facebook Instagram Twitter I'll post if I have I have some up shows coming up in August I believe this will drop as they say, let the podcast drop. Drop. Mm, drop. Uh, so just find me and I'll, I'll post anything I have going on, mostly in the Philly area. Nick, what do you have going on? Got anything to plug? I got nothing to plug. I'm just here along for the ride. I'll be looking at your, checking out your shows. Thanks. Hey, shit, you broke down some uh, Tinder numbers for us. Yeah. I know that anyone who's listened to the previous episodes knows that Nick joined Tinder. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick's, not to say that Nick doesn't have an active dating life, but the, the attempt at Tinder. Yeah, it didn't, it, it didn't uh, pan out the way I, I thought it may have. Um, break it down for us. Break it down. Okay, so let's say... By the way, this is sports. Tinder sports. <laughs> yeah. yeah, dating is sports. Dating for sport. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I joined Tinder and... It's not like I have a ton of free time, but I was going to try to make the most of it and meet up with some people. And I'd say, you know, I match, let's say I match out of 25 people that I've matched, you know, I throw, I at least try to send a message to three quarters of those 80%. And then out of that 80%, maybe half of them will respond. And then maybe 10% of that leads into a, a, a conversation that is interesting to me and i think maybe to the other person and then you get down to the point of trying to set up something which is hard because everyone's schedule so crazy and the one date i did set up i got stood up so (laughs) after all this so the thousands of swipes 
Mm-hmm. We keep whittling it down and whittling it down. It came down to one potential meeting opportunity and you mm-hmm. got stood up. Right. But you're not giving up on Tinder. No, no. If something happens, uh, you know, but it's just, it's alive. I have other stuff going on and to, I'm not on that app every day, you right. know, like I am like Twitter and Instagram. Right. So and you, we already said you'd rather <clears throat> meet someone IRL, mm-hmm. organic in the, or, you know, definitely. organic styles anyway. Yep. So definitely. I mean, I'm not, you know, not going to throw the idea out the window. I'm definitely, I'm on there. And if I see someone interesting that, that I would like to hang out with, I'll go for it. But after that first, like, like initial rush of, you know, matching with a few people and then, you know, trying to start up a conversation with a few of them. And then that whittles down to people that I actually would want to have a real life conversation with and hang out with. Then, you, you know, you try to set up something and some people can't and just schedules are conflicting. Then you do set up one and then you get stood up. It's like, select the typewriter all the way back to the beginning, throw out the paper and start all over again. Do you have that like um, game show? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Price is right losing horn. Well, if Tinder is a sport, you're certainly a loser. (laughs) I'm on riding the pine. No, but you're winning in real life. Cool. So it's all good. Mm Mm-hmm. I do appreciate everyone listening to this episode. I know we had a lot of fun recording it. We talked to some awesome people. We had a lot of fun, artsy fartsy fun, as mm. we say. It's the Red You can find me on Twitter at Randy Lawson. On Instagram at Randy Lawson. You can follow the show uh, at Randy Pants Show on Instagram and on Twitter. You can check out Nick's photography at Nick McNevish on Instagram. Or find him on Twitter and on Instagram at Social Extortion. That's correct. Does that pretty much sum it up? Yep. I think we got it. Don't forget to visit randypantshow.com. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, all through there. Well, they're listening to it right now. They found us. Okay, just forget what I just said. <laughs> Don't even worry about that. That's great. Yeah, write us reviews unless they're bad. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> Only accepting positive feedback. <laughs> no. But uh, yeah, thanks for for listening this week. We sure do appreciate it. I feel like we should be interacting with our listeners a little bit more now. No. Okay. Well, fuck you. If you're listening to this on like a treadmill or elliptical right now, slap your ass. What do you think? Does that mean like we're getting involved with our listeners? Like I'm picturing them like they're driving. Uh-huh. Like if you're driving right now listening to this, pick your nose. Yeah. Yeah. And flick your booger out the window. Don't forget to tweet at us. Yeah, and or tweeted us. Yeah. Dunzo! <laughs>